Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This week, it's Castle Rock. My name's Dan, and I collect taxidermy. (laughs) My name is Jeff, and every November 1st, my wife and I go to stores and buy discounted Halloween costumes and candy. We then go home, dress up in our costumes, and eat a ton of candy alone. We call this holiday Halloween. My name is Jimmy, and at a party right after I graduated college, I got the drunkest I've ever been, and I threw up in a friend's toilet. After leaving, I couldn't remember if I flushed. I'm still not sure. Uh, well, that's a good place to throw up. Yo, like, yeah, it, it at least I made been, it. The end of that sentence could have been pillowcase, uh, <laughs> shoe, mouth. You don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, that was definitely the drunkest I've ever been. I tried to make out with many ladies, and they did not want to make out with me. You mean they didn't want to make out with somebody <laughs> with chunks of double hot dogs? Well, this is, this is <laughs> in prior. <laughs> double hot dogs. It's like the hot dogs we had. Yeah, that's and why I said I understand that reference now. But no, that was prior to the throwing up. Um, but um, my friend Cooper told me that I looked very gross. Was the, the drinking... <laughs> caused by the rejection which then led to the vomit was it a no, self-perpetuating it was... cycle jeff's asking oh i guess so maybe it was due to the loneliness i don't know he he had like one or two drinks had a nice buzz going asked his first lady to make out was probably laughed at and then was like here comes more drinks so how did you ask was it like hey let's make out or no it's it, like uh, uh, it was uh, uh. it was not an initiation of like me asking somebody to make out but like at the point of like very 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 drunk it was i was just telling my friend cooper i really want to make out with somebody man so he goes to my friend connor and he says Connor, is there anybody Jimmy can make out with? With and he was like, I'm on it, and then he goes away, and I don't see him again for the rest of the night. Wow! So he did not Rough. find anybody. What a what a wingman! Yeah, so I have a Speaking question. Speaking of wings, man, I, I actually, oh yeah, I mean the taxidermy thing. <laughs> yeah, because so, I, I know that you collected, but have you got anything new recently? Uh, let me think. The newest thing I got were I I think I got some insect mounts, which you're aware of. Yeah, I've seen those. I don't have a very large collection right now. Uh, I don't you have. You do have of a space. very large stuffed pheasant in your windowsill. Uh, it's a normal size stuffed pheasant. It's the size of a pheasant. Yeah. <laughs> It's a pheasant-sized pheasant. Yeah, so basically, like, I'm not into, like, hunting and killing things personally, but taxidermy, once it's created, it lasts a really long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's out of trend right now, so I kind of feel like it's a waste. Like, there's all these dead animals just floating around, like, yard sales and stuff, and they're actually kind of beautiful if you can respect, like, nature and, like, Mm. you know, the beauty of the natural form and stuff like that. So why not? So... Um, as Jeff was mentioning, a couple a couple years ago now, uh, me, him, and his wife, I guess it was probably less than a couple years ago. I think it was ago. last year. Yeah. Uh, we went to a big like antique flea market, and I bought a uh, a stuffed pheasant, and then I, I went to like a, I don't know, like some sort of arts and crafts thing at my church, and there was a guy selling like mounted insects, so I bought a few of them. Mm. I want to get a lot more. You've passed on a lot. I don't have like, a lot of space for it. Well, there were little ones. Like, we saw some bats, and you were like, Yeah, those nah. were quite expensive and would terrify my niece who lives with me. Yeah. <laughs> but Jeff also is really bad to go looking for this stuff with. Because I see a bison head, and I'm like, you have to buy this. Yeah. Like, a 400-pound, <laughs> six-foot-tall bison head. He's like, this would look great on your tiny living room wall. There's a uh, there's a store. I, I, think it's in Brook- I think it's in Brookfield or Bethel. I'm not sure. It's called Justin's Antiques. Uh-huh. Um, but they have a lot of taxidermy stuff. They literally have a giant taxidermy there. Is that a pun? There. Like yes. Justin his name Antiques? Is Justin, or is his name apparently. Justin? His name is Justin, but it's just in Antiques. I like it. Yeah. What a guy. But yeah, he has a very large bear. I believe it's wearing a fedora. And it, like I said, it's not that popular. So if any listeners have some taxidermy sitting around their attics or basements, let me know. I might be interested. 
And Jeff, before we move on, I know this is a long segment, but yeah. a lot of curiosity peaked here. Okay. So I know about this holiday that you do. I've seen the Instas yeah. of you and Lindsay in weird Four, Michigan fourth Halloween half coming up. <laughs> but why is it called half Halloween when it's not it's half, half off? It's half off. Oh, I'm thinking halfway through the year. Like I'm thinking like, what is it? What would it be like? June 31st or no, May 31st? No, at, at first we... We rushed to name it and we called it Cheapoween. Okay. Mm. But then we were like, why is it not called Halfoween? Because mm. everything is half off. And it's and also it's funny in another way. Like <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that either. Yeah. That's so, the speaking <laughs> of fun holiday themed namings, we should plug next week's episode. Oh, it's about to get spookier. Because I forget which one of us episode. came up with it. I, I did. You did. Okay. Of course he did. Right, Jim? It's no <laughs> chance it was one of us. It's not even that clever. Uh, it's good. <laughs> Next week, we are doing an episode that is formatted similar to a record roundtable. Yeah. We each have p- picked something spooky or Halloween themed to talk each other into. We did. And we're calling it, drum roll please, Haunt Me Into, Ooh. the Halloween Roundtable. So, if you like Halloween, we got some fun stuff coming. Oh, yeah. Including this episode. (laughs) (laughs) This is a spooky one, I guess. Uh, Jeff. Yes. I notice in front of me a piece of paper that you have printed (laughs) because we are very bad at keeping track of our reviews. and We are. We're quite terrible. Dan, why don't you read the Facebook one? I do not know which is which. It says Facebook on it. (laughs) Okay. We got a Facebook message (laughs) from my sister. She said, her name is Rebecca on Facebook. She's known as Becca. She says, loved last week's episode, Record Roundtable Part 2. City in Color is my newest addiction. Thanks, Jimmy. You're welcome. And I probably should say, she did send us an email a long time ago. Yeah, I was just going to pull that up, too. I I have that up if you want me to read it. Yeah, read that. Okay, so this was before uh, this Facebook message. She said, hi, guys. Great show. Really look forward to listening to that new episodes every Tuesday. Love hearing your random facts and what you're talking yourselves into. You've managed to talk me into Touche Amore. Yes. Great banter and fun amongst the group. Five stars. Mm. P.S. Mm. Thank you for so many nice things to say about my daughter on the show. She's great. And some thanks to Dan, but mostly in large part to me, her mom. <laughs> if you become millionaire someday off this thing, you can send me royalties checks for her scream in the beginning of the episode. I'll make sure and put it towards her college tuition. From Rebecca, Dan's sister, Jimmy's cousin, and four-star Brian's do- daughter. And not Jeff's friend. And Jeff's former cool. co-worker. That is true. We oh, I forgot about that. Do we have any other ones we want to read? or No, not today. Okay. We're recording four episodes today. You, we, we could space them out. Yeah, if you want to have your mention, your review, your email read on an episode, you've got to send it in. Talk me into at gmail.com. Talk me into on Twitter. Talk me into on Facebook. All the good places. And if you're worried that we're not reading it and you have sent them, we're going to read it soon. We just have a lot in the in the bank right now. Nobody's worried, Jimmy. <laughs> Nobody at all is worried. They hit send and then they immediately forget about we it. We have a listener in Iceland who is terrified that his response <laughs> is not being read. This is the part of Talk Me Into where we're telling everybody what we're talking ourselves into. Could be something little, could be something big, could be something we don't really care about, but we have to fill time. Um, <laughs> because th- th- we made this a format of the show. Yeah, and... I'm always talking myself into things, guys. You just, you're just lame. You are. We try. Sometimes we're unsuccessful. Sometimes we're like, I'm trying to talk myself into this, but it's not really working. And that is the case today because I tried to talk myself into espresso oh interesting yeah you're not a coffee guy i'm not a coffee guy so the thing is wake up i i wake up early from my job and then i had to pick up my brother from the airport uh, late at night and on the way back we stopped at a restaurant that one of his friends owns and his friend was like you guys want a a drink or an espresso or something and i was like yeah sure because i was very tired and like falling asleep (laughs) and i still had to drive and um it was vile. It's it's like the grossest thing, and I don't understand. I, I know that it, like, wakes you up, but other than that, it doesn't taste good. Do people honestly think it tastes good? Well, how did you have it first? Because that changes a lot of things. With a little bit of sugar. Just a shot of espresso and a little cup. It was a tiny sugar. little cup. It was, like, yeah, for, yeah. for little gnomes. Yeah. It was, like... 
So people do think that tastes good, but it's an acquired taste. Jimmy, do you enjoy espresso? Not really. The first time I ever had it was actually when you made me drink that pumpkin spice latte. Not oh, that long and ago. that's that's very different because it has a yeah, lot of milk yeah. and sugar in it. Yeah. Straight espresso, you have to respect the bitterness. You're not going to go into it and try to turn it into a non-bitter drink. No, but does anybody enjoy that bitterness? Yeah, a lot yeah, of people. That's people insane. Do. I'm going to make one suggestion. If you ever try it again, you probably shouldn't because it sounds like you're very opposed to it. <laughs> but if you were to ever try it again, this seems contrarian, but ask for a little bit of lemon peel. You squeeze the lemon peel. You get that essence. Yeah, and I, I guess that the, the acid will break down some of the bitterness. Yeah. But it tastes how like uh, industrial size Sharpie smells. It's just like <laughs> it takes all of the flavor out of your tongue that anything that is enjoyable is just removed it's a void oh, it's so i don't know man i don't think people actually like it i think it's like smoking cigarettes people think they like it but they don't mm. no i like it every once in a while and you should see like not to sound too bougie but the first time i ever had espresso i was in italy i was uh. in venice and there, <laughs> there are like 70 year old men who just sit around and just sip espresso all day long yeah. They like espresso, Jeff. I know, and like the machines are huge, and they yeah. cost a lot of money, and they're ornate, and it's like this big thing. But to go so for someone who doesn't like the taste of coffee and doesn't drink coffee to espresso is like the equivalent That's of saying, yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, you don't eat fish sticks? Have you tried raw oysters? Like, <laughs> You don't like fish sticks? Have you tried black tar heroin? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's honestly like, oh, you're afraid to drink a sip of beer? Here's some heroin, like just not But I, I try coffee stuff all the time, and it's just... It's not good. It's not for you. It, no, it's just yeah, not Yeah, I don't good. like coffee it either. Is good. I'm definitely good. a hot tea boy. I grew up liking the flavor of coffee, like coffee ice cream. I like coffee flavored coffee stuff, like coffee ice cream, mm. because it's just a tiny little bit. When and you were a child, did you ever have coffee milk, which is basically like a little bit of coffee with a lot of milk and sugar? No, because I'm not from Rhode Island. Well, that's coffee syrup, but my grandmother used to like make me coffee milk when I was a little kid, and I think that's why I like coffee, because gradually you just start... Messing with the ratio, more coffee left. I mean, like Dairy Queen mocha moulates are fucking lit. But <laughs> there you go, Jim. <laughs> got to bleep that one for a moulatte. I got. I really like moulatte's. I didn't even think about it. It was so that's natural. Like coffee ice cream. Yeah, but it's delicious. But like coffee, it's even if coffee smells great. Like if somebody at work's making like a maple yeah. scented coffee, I'm like, that smells so good. That's what. And gets then I me try it, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, I've tried to talk you into coffee in the past. It's a losing battle. Just move on with it's your never, life. It's never going to happen, guys. Just get into hot tea. You have a better chance of that. <clears throat> Jimmy, what yeah. are you talking yourself into? Oh, so this was a big one. Oh. I, was, I was expecting to do this a couple weeks ago, but we didn't end up recording. Um, so I talked myself into adopting a couple cats. Mm. Oh, boy. Kitty City at Jimmy's. <laughs> Kitty City. <laughs> that's awesome it's kitty land love center as bubbles would call it yeah so as listeners of the show know i am now on my own i'm living by myself did that's... we get there because last wow. i heard you on the show i believe you were gonna have a roommate yeah yeah that's the last we heard i'm going to uh not talk about that it didn't Ooh, happen falling didn't happen. out not a falling out just but, a change uh, of plans okay yeah, change of plans i want to get the dirt though <laughs> we'll talk i, I want it i want it in it's public it's not that dirty <laughs> They were just like, no, I don't have enough money. <laughs> so basically, I'm living on my own now. It was getting very lonely in my house all by myself. <laughs> so I've been wanting to uh, adopt a pet at least um, for a long time just because I like to get an animal off the street, make sure that they have a nice home. I have a house to provide, so might and as well do it. And you want them alive, not stuck. I was going to say, if they die, I'll take them. <laughs> oh. Um, so... Actually, I, I, as a running gag between me and my mom for years, I've been telling her that I wanted a second cat because we had our cat, Cookie. Cookie Monster, yeah. who is a devil. <laughs> I love her. Um, but the problem is she couldn't really live, an, live with another cat because she just hated every other cat she's been a devil. acquainted with. A um, cat. That, yeah. You're describing cats. <laughs> Not all oh. cats as I learned. Here we go. Yeah, so my mom actually found these two cats. She said, you should probably get two because you're going to be gone for most of the day, so at least they have a buddy together. So this was a bonded pair. They're brother and sister. And um, Amongst cat people, bonded pair means something. Amongst us, it just sounds like a phrase. <laughs> Are they intimate? Is that what that means? They basically, it basically no, it, they're not intimate. They're brother and sister. So I don't know what um, animals are freaky, dude. Well, yeah, that's true. But um, uh, 
if they're apart, they won't function correctly, basically. So I'm glad that they're together. But um, yeah, like they the Wonder Twins. <laughs> so form of cat, they form actually, of another they cat. Just, they stayed in morph too long, and now they're both just cats. Oh, maybe they're animorphs. I never even thought about that before. They do have adorbs names though. Yeah, so I adopted them. They're both eight years old. Um, those are old cats. Yeah, they're they were older than I thought they were on the website. I thought it said six, but they're apparently eight. Um, which is fine. I'm fine with that. But their just names means, are just means they're co- coming to cousin Daniel's house sooner than you thought. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Their names are Paris and Pumpkin. And um Paris is a black and white tuxedo cat. Looks a lot like Cookie, which is very confusing to me in my brain. And uh Pumpkin is a little orange tabby cat and he's they're both super super lovable. He's basically Garfield. He's fat and lazy from what I've seen. <laughs> so am I. Am I Garfield? Am I Garfield? Yes. <laughs> You're not orange though. Have you tried feeding him lasagna yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. It may change. What's what's his take on Mondays? (laughs) Not a fan. I hate you guys. Um, But yeah, they're super great. Paris was having a hard time like adjusting for a while. For a few days, she was hiding for most of the time. But um, both of them are super adapted to the um, adapted to the house. Adapted to the adapted to the house. Yes, they adopted. I went over the other night and they were just like laying in the middle of the floor, and I was like, cool. If I was going to have a pet, I'm not a cat person, but those seem like pretty chill cats. They're super chill. They do like attention, but they're very chill for most of the day. There you go. Yeah. Well, Same. Jimmy, I applaud you. Thank you. <laughs> Dan, what are you talking yourself into? It's like a throwback Howard Stern thing. <laughs> it's ironic that Jeff was talking himself into espresso. Are you talking yourself out of espresso? No. <sighs> I'm talking myself into something that correlates with coffee drinking. I'm talking myself into being a basic fall bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I tried to fight fight it at first, you know, in years past. I tried to hide it and keep it from myself. But I'm, I'm ready to walk in the pumpkin spice pride parade. You're out and proud. I am. I am but, getting pumpkin spice everything. But with you and like me and people like us who w- were fans of culinary experiences. Yeah. That's not really anything crazy. It's not a crazy uh, revelation. And what's crazy is how mainstream it's become. Mm-hmm. And now you feel as though you're not as into it as other people who are like, oh, wow, pumpkin spice because it's October. But like, it's just, you know. Yeah, I mean cinnamon and nutmeg and other spices mixed together. Yeah, it's basically for me, it's more of a correlation between the scent and the flavor with the season. So for me, I don't know why, but that smell and that taste means fall for me. Oh, well, for yeah, sure. that's because that's when it's popular. I yeah. mean, it's seasonality. But it's also something about the crispness in the air and the smell of fallen leaves. Mm-hmm. It all like goes together and fall's my favorite season. So why not like go all in? If I love this time of year, I like that scent, I like that flavor, I like those colors. Let's live it, dude. For these, you know, thanks to global warming, we only have like one month of fall now. So for that like one month, I'm like I'm going in hard. I'm a cider guy in in the oh, fall. Yeah. Are I, you I, a spice cider guy? A spice cider guy? Like mold cider with a lot of spices? Or you uh, I've more never like had a, it. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, your life I'm not possibly. a fan of spice cider. Oh, it's like adding pumpkin spice to cider. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Oh. Oh. I like it sweet and I like it cold. Well, let me give you some examples of some things that I'm doing that yeah. are making me a basic fall bitch. And you guys, I just want a quick yay or nay. Okay. So yesterday I went pumpkin and apple picking while wearing a flannel shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's yay, Jim. What yay. the hell? Sorry. Come okay. on, man. This uh, is the tribunal. You have to say yay. I ended the night by clo- by burning a pumpkin spice candle in my living room. Yay. Nay. Oh. Wow. That's yeah. a nay? I'm not a candle guy. Oh, okay. But it still makes them basic. Oh, is that what we're agreeing on? I was more saying if you would do it. Oh, oh no. Oh, nay. Nay for all those things? No, nay for the the pumpkin spice. I like I like fruity smelling candles. I don't really like oh, the, that's right. the foody spiced <laughs> kind of candles. Okay. All right, so uh, drinking pumpkin spice lattes. Nay. Nay. Last night, I ate pumpkin spice flavored tortilla chips. Nay. Yay. But here's what might change your mind. Pumpkin they were hummus? actually made with pumpkin puree and ground up pumpkin seeds mixed with the masa. Mm, I'm sure they're good. Like, I wouldn't not eat them. 
But it doesn't. It, I, I, I wouldn't choose it out of like a selection of twelve other tortilla chips. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much like all the fall pumpkin spice basic bitch stuff I've been doing. But <laughs> I'm in on it, dude. I'm wearing boots every day. Yeah, I tried your PSL. It was fine. Not into it. Yeah, like they're uh, good. Like I'm a huge fan of pumpkin pie. Like yeah. I, that's you know that's pumpkin spice OG right there. Yeah, I made my own homemade pumpkin spice puree so I can make my coffee at work pumpkin spice. Okay, that's it's a bit much. That's extreme. I like it though. I, I'm a fan of the extremity that you're taking this. Okay, so if you guys extremity, are becoming basic fall bitches, tweet us and let us know. BFBs. Okay, fellas. This it episode, wouldn't be an episode of Talk Me Into without that. I'm trying. I'm trying real, real hard. This episode, I'm talking you guys into a horror slash thriller anthology series. Creep show. No. Oh, okay. Series. American oh. Horror Story. No. <sighs> Set in the world of Stephen King's fiction, oh. but not a specific adaptation of Stephen King. Interesting. I'm, ta- I'm talking about the first season of Castle Rock on Hulu. Oh, <laughs> the first season of Castle Rock on Hulu. Yes. That was my next guess. <laughs> you know, you knew this was coming, obviously, because I mentioned yeah, last week. We, we know. What is your level of exposure? Like, how much do you know about this series? I knew of it, but I didn't know anything that I, I didn't know it had anything to do with Stephen King. I watched an episode a year ago, and I don't remember any of it. Okay. So, and as far as Stephen King, I know, Jimmy, you've read a little bit. Yeah, I read a, read a lot of his short stories and a lot of his things that were adapted in the films. And Jeff, you've seen some movies, but I don't think you've read a lot. Have I've you? read none, and being alive within the last four decades, I've seen quite a lot of things that he either mm-hmm. wrote or inspired. Yeah, people realized if we make a TV show or a movie based on a Stephen King book, it's going to make money, even yeah. if it's not that Like, great. there's weird stuff you don't even think he's related to that you're yep. like, oh, this is Stephen King. Yep. I always forget that he wrote The Shining. Like, that's such a <laughs> huge movie. It was a huge book for him, too. Yeah. Uh, he also wrote, like like Jeff was saying, things you don't expect, like Stand By Me. That's mm-hmm. based yeah. on the Stephen body. King's short story. Yep. Um, so Castle Rock. Basically, um, Stephen King does have a shared universe for his novels. Some mm. things are more tightly connected than others, like including is characters. Is it a shared universe over. or is it just references? Um, no, I would, I would consider it a shared universe. There's certain fictitious cities, such as Castle Rock, Maine, and Derry, Maine, that reappear. There's landmarks. There's characters okay. that cross over. There's definitely themes. Um, so anyways, um, basically what this series has ventured to do is to create a new story or several because it's an anthology se- anthology series. Every season is going to create a new um, story within this shared universe. It's called Castle Rocks. Primarily it takes place in the fictitious city of Castle Rock, Maine. Um, the first season is 10 episodes. It stars... Um, Andre Holland and Sissy Spacek and Bill Skarsgård. You guys familiar with them? Uh, Bill Skarsgård is uh, Pennywise, isn't he? Yes, yep. he's Pennywise. He's not playing Pennywise in this, yes. though. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sissy Spacek, she's been around for a long time. Big actress in the 70s. She was in Carrie, which is a Stephen King adaptation. Mm. Oh, it's all coming together. Um, she was in The Coal Miner's Daughter. She, I think she won an Oscar for that. Um, and Andre Holland, did you guys see... Um, now I'm forgetting the name of the movie that uh, that launched him that won the best picture, um, Moonlight. I have not. Yes. Okay, so Moonlight. Andre Holland was in Moonlight. He was uh, the childhood friend who had grown up and become the short order cook oh, at the diner. Oh, okay. So he's I know star, starring in this season um, of Castle Rock. Mm. And I don't want to get too much into the plot because it is a mystery sort of weird uh, thriller that unfolds as you go. But let's just say it has to do with Andre Holland's character um, returning back to the town where he grew up. Um, his name is Henry Henry Deaver. There's something mysterious about his past. He was missing and then found. And uh, like I said, there's a lot of mystery involving what happened to him as a child that sort of forced him away from his hometown. 
That sounds a lot like a Stephen King book. Yep. And that's now, like 90% of Stephen King books. And now he's coming back because there's a new mystery, yeah. which involves um, Bill Skarsgård character, who is an unnamed, quote unquote, the kid, mm. who is found in the first episode beneath the Shawshank prison. Oh. oh. That's another one I keep forgetting that he wrote. Yeah. Was that Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, that's the original yeah. short story title. Yeah. So I want you guys to watch the first four episodes. It's hard. It was hard for me to set a cutoff because um, this show just really keeps rolling through the whole first season mm. and new things are being revealed constantly. The story, the show literally like changes course at, at a point later on. Um, they do a really cool thing. Um but basically, I chose the first four episodes because at the end of these four episodes, I think you're going to get a flavor of the tone of the series um, and an idea of whether you want to keep watching. And also, there's a sort of a cool cliffhanger that the fourth episode ends with. Okay. What is it about this show that you think that Jeff and I will like about it? So it's sort of, um, not to sound too cliche, but it's got that prestige element of like really good writing and acting that I think is fundamental um to this genre and i think um you know we were talked into lost by dave gonzalez on episode 25 Mm. and to me this feels like lost in the stephen king universe and there's actually some actors that cross over too so this this sort of it's produced by bad robot and jj abrams yep that's true and um so i think there's this feeling of like a minutia, like you're dealing with day-to-day struggles of these characters in their lives, but there's this overarching sense of like impending doom and something bad lurking around every corner. And that's what the big mystery is of the season. So I encourage you guys to check out the first four episodes. I won't. <laughs> you will. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do it either. It's on Hulu. Watch them. If you like them, keep watching. And when we come back, we're going to find out if I was able to talk Jeff and Jimmy into Castle Rock. It has been some time, and the three of us watched four episodes of Stephen King's Spooky Castle Rock. <laughs> Spooky. It's not really Stephen King. Does is Stephen King writing on any, any of these or no? He's just He's probably just no. getting a paycheck. He's not yeah. involved in any I of don't it. even know what his level of involvement is. I I think I'm sure he gives his approval. I think he's actually said positive things about it. Okay. Well, we watched a show that's based on some Stephen King things and we're going to talk about it. So, our first episode is Severance. Uh so it opens up with a um a man trying to look for something or somebody. We turns out that uh, it's a character that we find out later. I believe his name is Alan, who is looking for um, Henry. Henry, yeah, Henry Deaver, who's the main boy. character. Yeah, who's the main character of this show? And this man is Alan Panghorn, the sheriff of Castle Rock at the time. Yeah. So, um, first impressions. For some reason, I don't know, maybe this is the media production guy in me, but like the color saturation, color temperature really jumped out at me. Um, everything was super desaturated except for blue. Mm-hmm. Blue hits you real hard over the head. Um, it makes you feel cold watching it. Yep. Yeah. It's I, very, very bleak and drab. Yeah. I understand why they did it. I understand, I don't know. It. I wasn't a huge fan of it. But um, well, I think I think no. that's just the media production guy. I mean, I, I the my taste in that I don't think I liked it as much. But I understand the feeling is trying to give you, and and I think it, it comes off that a little bit when we get back to modern times. Yeah, the flashbacks are definitely pushed further. Yeah, I, yeah. I would say that the show overall has a desaturated nature. Mm-hmm. But I think they lean into other color palettes. Like you see some sepia stuff, especially like around yeah his childhood it's that home. Classic amber and turquoise <clears throat> thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we uh, go into... And this is in 1991. Mm-hmm. The show yes, starts too. So yeah. it's in the past. The flashback, as Dan alluded to. Yeah. And then we go to uh, the modern day. 2018. Where, yeah, 2018, where we see a man who's uh, kissing his wife, I assume. And, John Locke uh, of Lost fame. Oh, that's him? Yes. Terry O'Quinn. Okay, yep. yeah. That makes sense. Um, so we see him kiss his wife, drive off... And um, we see him in the forest in his Lincoln car 
with a noose tied to the tree and he puts the noose on his neck and then drives off a cliff yeah this was brutal like this is the yeah. one thing i remembered from the show when, <laughs> when i saw it the second time oh because you had seen this first episode? i saw the first episode i don't remember anything except as soon as he got in the car i was like oh this part hmm. wow because it's brutal and they don't yeah. show it no but you hear him go uh, and the blood splatters and the car just drives off a cliff yeah and it's you could only imagine like he probably got decapitated oh yeah and it's just oh it was interesting because he's very nonchalant about doing it yep which i found very interesting like is he willingly doing this is he being forced to do this it's basically like the equivalent of like going to the post office yeah that's the level of like uh he's just like "Uh, whatever yeah i'm just doing this right now yeah but as we see his car uh, sinking, we see that he had a sticker on his bumper that said uh, Shawshank Penitentiary. Yep. Um, so I was like, oh, Shawshank, I know that. It's a <laughs> reference that I know, uh, which the show is pretty riddled with, especially in the first episode. But yeah, yeah, I probably missed a lot because I don't know a lot about Stephen King. I'm obviously aware of Shawshank Redemption. So I know, like, yeah. oh, that's a big thing. But like, I don't know if these characters are mentioned or used before in other properties, because I know you said that it was like part of a shared universe. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm missing stuff and if or if there's nothing there. I don't think we're missing anything because I'm not a huge Stephen King aficionado either. Um, there's a there's a lot of little tiny Easter eggs that I probably even miss some of. Um, and I've read like a decent amount of Stephen King stuff and seen a lot of adaptations. Um, there's a few big ones that I think you probably did pick up on like Shawshank. Yeah. Um, and I'll shout those out if you guys don't touch on them, but, um, there's I'll- another character too, that was looking through newspaper articles. I, I, I recognize the rabid dog one. I was like, Oh, is that Cujo? Yeah. That's Cujo. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few things. There's a few. Yeah. There's a few small little things like that, that I, I found interesting. Um, but Jeff, if you want to keep on going with the plot. Yeah, and then they they show the the Shawshank prison. Yep, and um, they're looking around like they think that it's abandoned. Um, so they're just kind of like scoping it out, making sure everything's good. And two of the guards. Well, I think you're s- skipping one little step. The prison is not abandoned. The prison is still like really in full use. But there's, there's one, one wing section. Yeah. Oh, okay. That I think they allude to the fact that there was a fire at some point, so it was closed down, and now they want to reopen it. So they're there's they're doing a sweep of that area, mm-hmm. and and in this sequence, we also find out through some conversation that that man the, who killed himself, he was the Warren Warden Warden. That's he, what I meant. He was the former warden of the prison who retired, and, and then they have a a new warden coming in. Yep. And that's that's where they're picking up, and this is when we find the unnamed actor, the king. Um, in one of the cells or not it wasn't even in the cell it was like a hidden room in, a in like a cage it was a, a cage within like uh it was like a, a water a water holding was, unit or something yeah. below the below the floor it was a weird thing so yeah he was definitely hidden there and when he comes up he's not saying much mm-hmm. at all there you know he has his fingerprints aren't on file um there's no record of him even existing Mm -hmm. um then you find out he says that his name is henry deaver who was the missing child from 1991 well does he say his name they ask him his name and he just responds henry deaver yeah and then one of the the guards was like he he says henry deaver Deaver when asked what his name is yeah and um and then we get a shot to uh the actual henry deaver and um, I don't remember if this is where it starts, but we do see him. We find out that he's a uh, a lawyer for people that are on death row, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he is he's currently, in Texas at the time. Yes, he is a tech. He's in Texas, uh, where they still have the the death penalty, and he's uh, talking with. <laughs> Sorry, Texas. I was just shaking my head and smiling <laughs> like, yeah, Texas. Um, cool. He's talking with this woman. Um, it, there was this really cool shot too that showed uh, her last meal. You obviously know that it's her last meal because um, there's she's this, on death row and it's, and an it's awesome a crazy meal. meal. Well, that's, that's <laughs> well, that's kind of how I figured out that she was on death row because it was this stark red lobster tail, which is supposed to catch your eye. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are they giving uh, a lobster tail to an inmate? And then you kind of pick up that she's on death row. Yeah, um, I thought that shot was really cool, and. Um, as she's literally being euthanized, um, apparently she comes back, which was a little creepy, a little weird. 
and uh, Henry Deaver probably said my favorite line in this entire show of, um, you don't get a do-over because they try to euthanize That happens in yeah. real life, and it's disturbing. Yeah. And it's disgusting that yeah. capital punishment exists. Yeah. Um, the government can't take our guns, but they can kill who they want. Yeah. Durr. So as we're... Um, uh, as we're progressing, we find out that Henry Deaver was the kid on the ice um, that was found from the um, flashback. From the flashback, and um, we also find out that the warden knew who this, um, who the kid was in the cage because he supposedly put him in there mm. in this first episode. Jeff, do you have any? Like, do we find out it? that he put him in the cage in this episode? Or well, we we on? see a flashback of him uh, talking to him in the cage or letting him out. Oh of the cage. yeah, yeah. Um, because I'm assuming this is right before he's about to kill himself. That's how I took it. Uh, because he says to tell them, uh, Henry. Yeah. So the warden, the former warden, his last name was Lacey. He tells the kid um, to ask for Henry when the time comes. Yeah. So one other thing that we find out too, um, it wasn't just a typical missing child situation when Henry went missing. Mm-hmm. Henry's father was with him and went missing at the same time. Yes. And shortly after, died. We don't really know a lot more than that at this point, but we know that he was found dead shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. Overall, I thought this episode was was decent. Um, the mystery was definitely intriguing, but I wouldn't say it had me hooked. Yeah, I think that there's a lot happening in this episode, Yeah, while also it seems like not much is going on at all. Yeah, there was a lot of table was, setting. Was, I mean, yep. we when we watch this, we take notes, obviously, so we don't forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was difficult for me to take notes, because I'm like, I don't know what's important. I don't know what to pay attention to more. What do I put the emphasis on? Because obviously everything's important, um, but you just don't really know what, because it shifts back and forth a lot. Yeah. Um. For the next few episodes, because we watched four episodes, I didn't write a lot about the plot because I wasn't sure exactly what was important with that, like what you were talking about. Yeah, me about. too. I have like some of the big beats, but I don't have a lot of the, yeah. the details that Dan might like because a lot of times we do dissect these shows a lot. Yeah. So if we're missing anything, just I'll just pop jump in. in. Yeah. Um, but the next episode, Habeas Corpus, uh, this is narrated in the beginning by uh dale lacy who is the former warden Mm -hmm. and you have another another brutal scene in the beginning when you find out that his brother um was a mascot at their high school for football or college i don't remember um and then he just jumps off a building yeah and it's just splat blood everywhere there was also a reference to the body aka stand by me in the very beginning of that i yep. thought that was cool oh i didn't even notice that See, yeah they said I've something seen stand about, by me like yeah, several times but he references um time. they found that body out by out the by the tracks. Rip, those train tracks yeah oh, yeah in yeah. 1961 and um you kind of get that this something about this town or something in this town kind of, of makes bummer. people suicidal or drives them crazy and then you're thinking well it happened to his brother it happened to him mm-hmm. there's other weird things going on you don't really know what mm-hmm. so um with this episode we see that henry meets up with the warden's wife and um she basically like as soon as she finds out because she's apparently blind uh she finds out that it's henry deaver and she said that um he was taking advantage of her and basically kicked him out uh, because she was, he was trying to get the full story about what happened to the warden. Yeah, and um, so we should say one of the things we glossed over is, um, do you guys remember how Henry Deaver came back? Like what made him come back to Maine to Castle Rock? Something about his dad's body. Right. They, they were, were they were had to move it or something or they were uh, I believe putting a parking lot over the cemetery where his father oh, was buried. Yeah, because later yeah. on he has to go and like spray paint an X on the grave so they yeah, know which, get it which body to take. So they were exhuming his father's body. That's the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're moving dead guy. They move on. So we also, in this episode, um, you know, there's this one prison guard, Zalewski. Yeah, s- yeah. Starts to form a connection with the kid. Yeah, I forgot his name, but yeah. And, um... The the prison is in a weird place because nobody knows who this kid is. Nobody mm-hmm. knows anything about him. He has no record of even existing, as Jeff mentioned. So they can't just let him out, though. He's in a prison. What if he's like a mass murderer and they just haven't found out yet? Yeah. So they're like 
doing sort of a shady cover Yeah, they're job. trying to keep it under wraps. And what ends up happening is that Zalewski contacts Henry Deaver. Yes. Right, because the kid keeps giving that name. Mm-hmm. And then he becomes his lawyer. Yeah. I don't know if it, I don't remember which episode it was in. I think it was this one where he he meets him for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they... Um, it's it all kind of blurs together for me too because I did binge watch them. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a long movie. It is, yeah, yeah. And it's it fun to like binge that. watch these because you want to get get the mystery unrolling. Mm. Um, uh, we also have a cool scene in this episode where uh, Pangborn, who was the detective, um, from the flashback mm-hmm. or the sheriff, he he's retired now. He's older, um, but he goes to the new warden. Um, I think her name is Porter, and. He tells her that he has a letter written by Lacey, the former warden, and the letter is like pretty creepy and weird, but he basically says that he believes, and this is where the narration of the episode comes from. Yeah, because it's bookended by his narrations. Yeah, and he believes that the devil has taken the form of a boy and that he locked the boy away underneath Shawshank because God told him to. Yeah, yeah. I I like that line, he put the devil in a box. Yeah, and uh, basically he alludes to the fact that when the devil was out roaming Castle Rock, that's when all this bad stuff happened. And now that he's been locked away, things have gone back to normal. Mm-hmm. But the devil's out, and now we start to see some weird stuff happening again. Yeah. Mm. So um, um, Henry makes his way into Shawshank through the ways of a um, a church choir, I believe. And um, he sees um, the, the, the boy comes out. Uh, I don't know for like a, a minute maybe before he just he gets, walks like through the yard. Yeah, yeah. He just um, then he immediately gets pulled at, pulled back in. But Henry says, um, "I could be your lawyer if you want me to, or something." I don't remember exactly what he said, but yeah. um, he basically has to ask because it's like being yeah, a pub- yeah. public defender. Yeah. We also meet a character either at the end of the first episode or in this episode, Molly, mm-hmm. who was childhood friends with Henry Deaver. Yeah. And now she's all grown up and she kind of has like this psychic ability she can't control. Um, so she takes drugs to try to suppress those thoughts. Yeah. And this is played by Melanie Linsky, who's like a big indie movie actress. And yeah, I, I've seen her. In a few I think things. she's really good in this in this show. And yeah, like Jeff said, she's been suppressing that. She's buying pills from like teenage kids. Yeah. Yeah. She's she has like super empathy. So like she can feel what you're feeling and things like that. And she has this connection to Henry Deaver. They were neighbors actually. And we should talk a little bit too about um Henry's adopted mother, who's played by Sissy Spacek. Mm-hmm. Um because we start to see that um she's been left alone. She's sort of in a relationship with Pang Pangborn. Mm-hmm. Um, but her, she's degrading mentally. She's she's not all there. Yeah, she's at the point where she's um. It's like right before Alzheimer's, or maybe it probably already is. What? Yeah, there's a term for that. I can't remember what it's called. Um, uh, dementia. Yeah, she has dementia, and she's mm. confused about when things take place, and you know when she saw people and things like that. So Henry starts to decide that um he needs to take a stronger role in her care. And that she's not really safe by herself or with, you know, just a little bit of guidance from Pangborn. Uh, I think in this episode, too, Henry meets um, Henry's in a bar and um, this lady sits next to him and um, she was like, oh, you're Henry Deaver, aren't you? And um, she kind of uh, explains the stories that have been going around about him Mm -hmm. that he went missing and then... um, he killed his father yeah so which is the big rumor in the town we get to see through this interaction and through the interaction that you talked about earlier with Lacey's widow Mm -hmm. um the reason why henry had to leave yeah people in this town think that he's like a little crazy kid who went missing with his dad and killed his father yeah and stuff like that so he had to get out of there and then literally the next episode the very beginning is a flashback to 1991 and we see molly who jeff alluded to before um after apparently um henry's father had fallen and um he was like in critical condition and he had to be put on a respirator and molly in the middle of the night snuck into uh their house and unhooked the respirator to her her his father and um he died she he saw her do it and everything and um yeah yeah, and we also see that while Henry was missing, 
Molly was getting flashes of um, what was going on. Yeah, like a psychic connection between the two. Henry in the woods with his father, and um, Henry's father seemed to be like a little like out of it, like deranged. And he was asking Henry, like, "Do you hear it? Do you hear the sound?" Um, yeah. So that I thought that was a cool thing that we start to get a little bit of what happened to Henry through Molly mm-hmm. and through this weird empathetic like psychic connection. Yeah. So. Um... Apparently, Molly is going to be on TV. It's like a public access TV show yeah, called a, Local Color. She's a realtor. Yeah, she's a realtor. Um, and uh, she she's having problems right now with her um, psychic abilities. She wants to suppress them, but she can't get, her, um, get the drugs to basically do that. Mm-hmm. So in that, she ends up getting arrested because she's going to this... She accidentally stumbled upon this weird kid cult. Yeah, it was like a... A tribune and like mm-hmm. it was all these kids whose fathers were in Shawshank and they like put on these weird like law and order kind of plays where yeah. like and they were all wearing these really creepy masks I think visually mm-hmm. the scene was really good yeah I agree and and when she gives the TV interview she has like a little bit of a break because she couldn't get the pills because the police came so huh? because yeah. she went there the police came and then broke everything up she couldn't get the pills that she was trying to get so she couldn't quell this empathy that Mm -hmm. she's uh having and on live tv as dan was saying she announces all of a sudden that there is a a mystery person the kid is being kept in the prison without cause he's just being held there against his will yeah because she knows that from henry yeah Yeah. and henry didn't even tell her she just has that connection knows it yeah so obviously that's a PR nightmare for Shawshank. Yeah. So the new warden Porter, she summons Henry Deaver in and she offers a deal. You remember what the deal is? Not off the top of my head. I don't know. It's basically we'll let the kid go if you keep an eye on him and he can never sue us. Yeah, yeah. I do vaguely remember that. So um, Henry talks to the kid and the kid asks Henry do you hear it now? Which is basically what his father was asking in the forest. So basically they agree to the deal though. That's the long and short of it. But again, we're starting to get a weird connection now between the kid and Henry's past. I thought they didn't agree to the deal because they're going to take the deal at the end of the fourth episode. Oh, I skipped something. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Uh, They were going to fight it and they were going to testify. Yeah, because Henry told the kid like, uh, I forgot exactly how he worded it. He basically said he that was you like, have the biggest advantage because they don't know they don't, your name. They don't know your name. If you want to use my name, use it, but don't tell them yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> uh, that basically takes the, the whole show into a different direction, especially with this next episode. The box, which is in reference to several things. It could be the coffin that uh, Henry's mm-hmm. dad is in because this is the episode at, where at the end they actually take it out of the ground. It could be in reference to Lacey's The Devil in the Box, which is the cage that the kid was in. Um, or it could be there was a lot. Well, I mean, there was a thing where there was a box with the case files unseen underneath um, a desk. Wh- whose desk was it? Like the old police chief? Pangborn? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really boxy episode, Dan. Yeah. yeah. There's some flashbacks Henry has to when he went missing. Um, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. It wasn't Pangborn. It was, it was, it was another guy who was just in this episode. Yeah. He was a suspect. He was the brother of a man who was a suspect in Uh, the original missing child case. Okay. Yeah. Um, he finds, um, he finds this guy out in the middle of nowhere in creepy house scene, typical Stephen King stuff. Yeah. Um, and he has this box with this police case file. Um, and I wanted to go back to what you were talking a little bit. Um, well, we were talking about Zalewski and this relationship with the kid. Um, yeah, he wants to testify because he's, uh, as Henry said, you can't be a disgruntled worker. He's like, but I am a disgruntled worker. Yeah. Because he wants to testify and say that Shawshank is basically a shithole. Yeah. And he's sort of like the whistleblower. Yeah. But, you know, he doesn't have the best background as a star yeah. witness is yeah, what yeah. you're alluding to so um just to drop in a little easter egg here too 
Um, one of the characters that we are introduced to, I think it was actually in episode two or three, is Molly's like assistant. Um, and I forget her real name, but she goes by the name Jackie. That's her nickname. Remember her, the, the blonde girl that helps Molly out? Barely. Vaguely. She is the niece of Jack Torrance from The Shining. Oh, okay. So. Oh. And she wants to be a writer like her uncle, which turned yeah. out well. Yeah. Um. So with the rest of this episode, um, he does meet up with um, the brother of the suspect, the, uh, he did find it was kind of like a shed in the back, and I don't know what that was kind of alluding to. Well, there's six more episodes, so it might be. But he seemed to have a connection to this shed. Yeah. Yeah. He said he said to Henry, I never touched you. And I was like, oh, okay, that he's probably the reason or his brother's the reason for him going missing. Yeah, actually, I don't know if it was the brother. I'm, like, mixing things up a little because this show, as Jeff sort of mentioned, has a long way to go. Yeah. And uh, But Henry feels like something is there that he's forgetting. Yeah. Something about his disappearance. He feels a connection with this shed and stuff, and he feels like there's more. He doesn't remember his disappearance. Mm -hmm. He only remembers the time after he returned. Yeah. So we, should we get to what happens at the end of this episode? Yeah, Let's get sure. to it. Okay. Zalewski has a, a conversation with the kid. And when Henry tells him that they've decided to take the settlement because Zalewski is not the witness that they thought he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Zalewski takes a gun from his office. He's a prison guard at Shawshank. And he basically goes on a kill crazy rampage. Well, this is also after like he fist bumped the kid. Yeah. So like, is yeah. there some sort of physical transference right. of this evil energy? Something um, happens because at the end. Well, I mean, we're going to talk about the, the rampage, but at the end, you can see in his eyes like he doesn't really know what just happened. He seems like, to be body, in a daze. He, like he was possessed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I love how they had this. They have these security cameras, and you see... Yeah, that's how you see you it. You see him just walking through the prison, just taking out guards, while Roy Orbison's crying is playing. Yeah. And it was very well done and very brutal. And... um, It ends with him... Well, I didn't know. Like, he's walking in, I was like, he's going to shoot Henry, and the main character's going to die right here. Um because he's just like shooting everybody that he sees and then he ends up being the hunted. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. he gets once he like loses possession, you just get shot. Yeah, he, he says I think down. we should testify and then he gets shot. Yep. So that's the big cliffhanger I was alluding to. Yeah. That was really well done. <laughs> so let's go to overall thoughts. Yeah, sure. We uh we didn't give a lot of opinions. I probably wanted to keep them towards the the end of this. Um, so my overall thoughts is that the mystery was intriguing, uh, in the beginning. I don't know if it's because I was binging it, but I sort of lost interest after the first couple episodes. As far as like which part of the mystery, like who the kid is or what's up with Henry and his disappearance? All of it. Oh boy. Yeah. I don't know. Production value was okay. I wouldn't say it's on the line of prestige television. I would say. I mean, it's more so than like. whatever you find on a network like chicago what this show kind of reminded me of jeff you said that you watched this but you weren't a huge fan of it but it reminded me of the haunting of hill house um i don't know if it's because it's spooky i um, I mean or just it it has that same tone like like you said like the the saturated blues yeah yeah yeah. that's just that that seems like a common horror tv kind of thing not even just that but i I think the mystery aspect of it where where the mystery feels very self-contained in the haunting of hill house whereas this feels like it's going into a lot of different directions and there's not really one single path i will say to defend whether or not it's prestige tv and how like how well it's done there are two episodes that do things that are like very powerful that I've never mm-hmm. seen done on any TV shows. Okay. Unfortunately, I couldn't really include them because one of them is the second to last episode. <laughs> so of it's course. like we would basically have to watch the entire first season in order for you guys to experience what I think are two of the best episodes. Mm. But yeah, this show definitely feels like it's definitely up any Stephen King huge fans. 
Yeah. Now, as someone who's read stuff, and Jeff, you've seen a lot, don't you guys feel, even though he didn't write it, it feels like Stephen King, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. It does. does. I mean... It it has the same mood. The combination of focusing on, like, very, like, um, street-level stakes and these characters that have, you know, they're very human. They have struggles and things like that with these huge overarching themes of, like, good and evil and life and death and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That juxtaposition is very Stephen King to me. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I well, Stephen King is very character driven. Yes. Yeah. Jeff, what are your overall thoughts? I kind of agree with you. Uh, the mystery, the the few mysteries I didn't, like I said, I just, I wasn't able to focus on what was really important. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. It's four episodes out of 10. Did you feel connected enough to any of the characters that you would watch it just for that? I mean, emotionally, like it didn't like pull me and I wasn't like reacting emotionally. So there was stuff that was like jarring that was I was like, whoa, like the suicide at the in the first episode when he hung himself driving the car off a cliff. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, and when the mascot jumped off through like those things, the more horror kind of like gory slasher film kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. I did like that because that was that was really like the only thing that really elicited any emotion from me. And the end when that guard gets shot, because I, I knew either him or Henry were going down and I didn't mm-hmm. know who it was going to be or how it was going to happen. Yeah. Um. So that was like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. OK, fellas, fellas, <laughs> at this point, I'm going to ask you. Knowing that season two is about to drop very soon. Oh, and we'll get into more of that afterwards, but uh, it's a self-contained story. You've only got six more episodes left of this season. You got a lot of twists and turns coming. <laughs> Did I talk you into season one of Castle Rock? No. no. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty bored the whole time. Really? Yeah, it was yeah. It was a struggle to get through it. Um, I don't know if it picks up after this cliffhanger, but even reading some reviews online, I feel like I'm not alone. Um, even people who, who gave it glowing reviews said it was, it was a stretch and there was a lot of downtime and a lot of building. Yeah. It, to me, it definitely feels like it's, def- it's building up to something big but it's taking a really long time and I don't think I could sit through all of it. Yeah. So the reason mine is a no, like knowing that it's a well-made show, I'm not that ignorant to see that it's like a poorly made show. Cause it's not, um, there's six more episodes. It's six more hours of my life. And like you say, when you give a lot of no's, we consume a lot of stuff, yeah. stuff that we like on our own stuff that we have to do for the mm-hmm. podcast. And this one, this was one of those episodes where it actually just felt like homework. And that was another reason why it was hard for me to take notes. Cause it was hard because I didn't know what to take notes on. In addition to me being bored most of the time oh. and like trying to stay off my, trying to keep my mind stimulated doing, I'm like not trying to play my games on my phone yeah. and trying to like focus. It was very difficult. And I, I think that might be the reason why I stopped at episode one, um, last time, but Jimmy, uh, so my overall thoughts, it kind of came down to, do I want to, because we have a lot of talk me into's where I'm giving yeses, but I'm not completely sure if I'm going to be finishing them. Yeah, we've all done that. Yeah, so if I'm I'm not sure, do I like it? There's a lot of it that I do like, but I have to think about, am I willing to finish this? And that's a no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's some stuff, too, like you said about that, like- Fleet Foxes, that was a yes for me. I haven't listened to it once since, mm. but I gave it a yes because I understand why yeah. people like it, but that's different than this because, like, it's I, okay. I don't but quite I don't understand why you like continue. it, Dan. Well, I don't know. I, I just don't like it, so I don't know why you do. I just think it's a... I, th- I was into the mystery. I wanted to know what mm. happened. Uh, the kid thing- I'll Google it. Like, I'm curious enough to just find out what happened. But I'm I'm not willing to wait six hours to and find like, out. And like, I so want to spoil something. I'll I'll tell you off mic because I don't want to spoil it for the listeners. But yeah, they do a really interesting thing with. Let's just say, I mean, I I did tell you it's a self-contained story, so you do get the answers by the end of this. Right, 10 and episodes. maybe season two I'll like. Like I'll watch. Well, an and that's where I wanted two. to go. So I didn't yeah. successfully talk you into this. But what I would encourage you on your own is. Watch the first couple episodes of season two. It's, is it with Lizzie Kaplan? Yes. Okay, because Hulu was advertising it, and I'm a fan mm. of Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, we like Lizzie Kaplan um, from Masters of Sex and- Party Down. Party Down. Cloverfield. <laughs> yeah, and uh, 
she's starring in it and she's starring in it as a younger version of an existing character so they're delving a little bit deeper into the stephen king mythos in mm. in the first season of castle rock in or- season two no, I mean, who's she playing? She's playing a younger version of, I forget the woman's name, but um, have you guys seen Misery? Kathy I know Bates? of Misery. Yes. Oh. Yeah. She's playing a younger version of Kathy Bates' character. Okay. I haven't seen that in 20 years. I don't she remember. She is basically a woman obsessed with a writer, and the writer gets into a car accident near her home. And she drags him out. Yeah, and like breaks his legs and forces him to live in her house and write and stuff. So she's playing a younger version of that character. And there's also like some other characters that cross over... Um, I don't want to get too spoilery, but let's just say like there's a criminal element, like a family of like criminals and thugs and stuff that exist in the books in Castle Rock and they're going to make their appearance in season two. Okay. So check out season two. Um, <laughs> not for a talk me into episode, but just, just because it's, it might be worth it. Okay. It's a whole new shot. You know, they could get things right that you didn't like this time. Yeah. I wanted to like this. I, I just felt myself bored a lot during the uh four episodes we watched yeah yeah i really wanted to like it like i tried liking it uh, i tried tricking myself into thinking i liked it <laughs> but I, I just did it it happens yeah it is what it is in the meantime guys we alluded to it earlier <gasps> yeah we did what are we doing next week haunt me into i'm not doing that no <laughs> <laughs> uh we're doing a round table we picked a couple spooky things but they're kind of fun yeah fun they're like spooky. fun spooky it's yeah. not really um before we say what we're doing i just want to say jimmy picked one issue of a comic book yeah i picked a three song ep and dan wanted to have us watch a two and a half hour movie <laughs> so he really wants to get that homework done but he changed it to three episodes of a tv show yeah so what tv show are you gonna have us watch well a little con controversy here <laughs> uh as i am not someone who supported uh the star of this television show we're watching cosby no we're not watching cosby <laughs> uh i picked three episodes three halloween episodes of the sitcom roseanne Oh, you like that one, don't you? I mean, you beef. I mean, before the whole thing yes. happened, and I mean, she's always been like a weirdo. Yeah, but like you own the series on DVD. I do like you the sitcom like Roseanne. Love Roseanne. Yeah, I don't just love the read person. It wrote for it. Who cares? <laughs> just what? Just read it. Wrote. For oh yeah, it. a lot of good people wrote for it. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a fan of we'll, Roseanne. We'll get to it next episode. I'm not a van- fan of Roseanne herself, the person. I never liked her stand-up. And honestly, she's like one of my least favorite parts of that show. Yeah. Um, but I do like the original run of that series. And um, my favorite thing about it was they would do these Halloween-themed episodes each season. Mm-hmm. So I asked you guys to watch my favorite three, which are... From seasons two, three, and four. You don't have to explain it right now. It'll be in the show notes as you struggle to find it. Yeah, I couldn't remember the episode numbers, but... You'll, it's fine. The Halloween episodes from seasons two, three, and four, they're in the show notes, as Jeff mentioned. Check them out. You don't need to know a lot about the whole series. They're just, you know, they're an American working class family in the early 1990s, late 1980s. We'll get to a next episode. Yeah. Check yeah. out those episodes. Jimmy. Yeah. So I'm doing one single issue... And it just so happens to be by our friend Ian, Ian Mondrick. Yeah. And um, so he, you, the listeners probably heard we had an advertisement for him uh, a while ago for a Kickstarter yeah. for a comic called Tomb of the White Horse. So that's what we're doing, boys. We're Read- reading Tomb of the White Horse. Ooh. Yeah. I hope it's spooky. Yeah. It's supposed to be a horror comic. Um, It's funny because I haven't read it, but I'm assuming it's going to be good because I backed it on Kickstarter. Yeah. I have faith in Ian. I believe that he can make a good book. So So this one's a little different for us because people, as of now, can't actually read along with us for this. Right. So it's going to be kind of spoiler free. We'll get to that next episode is my tagline this episode. But you can't read it, but you can follow Ian on Twitter. At Ian Face. Ian underscore face. It's one of those. Jimmy, put it in the show notes. <laughs> I will. And so so follow him and you can read updates on when Tomb of the White Horse comes out, where you can get your copy, all that good stuff, and, and find out about his other writing too. Yeah. So Jeff, what are you trying to talk us into? I am going to try to talk you into, much like Record Roundtable, where I pick one selection from an artist, mm. uh, Reliant K's The Creepier EPer. Ooh, it's <laughs> That's th- an awesome name. Well, there's a reason why it's called that, which... We'll get to next episode, Ooh. but it's it's just three 
three uh, tracks. Halloween tracks. Ooh. Yeah. And it is Ian underscore face. Oh, okay. Just on confirmed. Twitter. Speaking of Twitter. Yeah. We're on Twitter. Yeah. At Talk Me Into. I'm on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. That's Jeff with five Fs, the number 27. Jimmy, are you also on Twitter? I'm also on Twitter at Son of a Fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H, and Instagram, Son of a Fitch as well. And if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email, talkmeinto at gmail.com. We'll read it on the show. Dan, are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter too. Wow, we're all on Twitter. <laughs> Danny underscore breakdown. All these underscores, you guys. <laughs> hey, they don't allow spaces. No, they don't, so don't put one. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you in the next? Halloween. Halloween. I hate that we didn't prepare that, but we still both did it. Hey, everyone. This is Dan. I just want everyone to try these pumpkin spice tortilla chips. Okay. I don't know why we're recording this. It'll be funny extra. Will it? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, guys, this is a funny extra, according to Dan. Now here, here, Jimmy, in. we'll eat it together. I'll wait. I don't care. Delete it. Back. <laughs> no, now we have to keep it. it. Now he's upset about it. We have to keep it. I don't want it in. I, I don't want it. I want it deleted. They're not over the top, right? Very weird. Weird? I would eat this with hummus. Yeah. By itself, it's not very good. It's not terrible. It's not bad. It's just no. It's not, but it's nothing like. It's not, I would prefer a regular flavored chip that had pumpkin spice flavor rather than a corn tortilla. Mm, I don't agree with that. I think the corn is really uh, it works with it. The pumpkin flavor is not overwhelming though. It's not. It's very very subtle. You can see a little bits of pumpkin seeds in there. Great. I hope you guys enjoy mouth sounds. See you next week. <laughs> I hope. Jeff, can you throw me one of those short pillows? Do you want the one with all the dog hair or the one with more than all the dog hair? The most. Okay, that one's pretty dog. Uh, That one has the most, actually. Sorry. They're all equal. It's just which color shows it better. Well, they're both black. Nope. This one's navy blue. Eat shit. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh Uh-oh. That just hit me in the mouth. Push. <laughs>